0: Uh, The Lord now desires to feed us with his word this morning, and so if I could kindly ask you to stand with me together uh, for the reading of God's word. And it comes to us today from the book of Proverbs, chapter 18 to verse 24, and this is what uh, God says. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer
1: than a brother. This is God's word. Please be seated.
0: Thank you. Thank you to Pastor Francis and this church. I'm going to have to just go right to it. My sermon is slated only for two hours I got half an hour this morning. Um, uh, I'd like to maybe frame really quickly, and maybe this is a crude framing of the messages we just went over, because I know you forgot them all, and every pastor wants to remind you of what he said uh, from God's Word. I think the first night, you can say, is the mission of the church or the mandates that God gives us. These are the biblical functions. We answer the question, what is Christian community? Uh, Everyone's favorite message, of course, was Saturday morning, and we can call that, what does the church do when you fail to deliver on your own product or your metrics? And the church has royally failed. Uh, If the metrics being character and integrity and safety and health, all the scandals that have been pretty rampant, I think the only appropriate godly response to that is repentance, confession, and to start all over again in many cases. So mandates, broken metrics. Last night, I can't come up with another M, but the most important person. Do you like that, M-I-P, the most important person, which is obviously Francis, no. This is Jesus, Jesus, to walk with Jesus. Today, I know it's crude, this is your best marketing. This is the absolute best uh, strategy to be an attractional church, okay, if you care about that. If you want Sojourner to be an attractional community, Of people in New York and throughout the world we just read this one verse what an apt timeless verse probably the most relevant for our my children's generation you can have a lot of contacts you can have acquaintances you can have colleagues you can have quote-unquote friends online but without people who really stick without people whose hearts are wholly tied with yours, which is what we're going to unpack about what friendship is. Apostle Paul himself got by with a lot of help from his friends. Romans 16 is a lengthy list of personal names and greetings. He calls them beloved. You know that the scriptures aren't like me who use hyperboles and exaggerate. It's always sincere. When he says you're beloved, he really loved them. Second Timothy, Paul asks younger disciple by the name of Timothy, would you please come to me soon? Because Paul is lonely, he feels abandoned, he's deserted, he's cold, he needs a coat.
1: And he wants something to read to pass the time in prison. Everyone needs friends. Everyone needs friends especially lifelong friends.
0: The Bible says brothers and sisters will dissolve, marriages will cease. My wife Sonny is thinking, thank you Jesus. Marriages and families will cease. But as Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith sang back in the day because we had no other better Christian music, friends are friends forever if the lord be the lord of that friends are friends for that's the one relationship that lasts forever it lasts forever uh i know some people a lot of churches and ministries they're very serious folks that's good i used to be like that too now you guys don't think i'm serious at all but that's good to be serious and sober And they think, like, making friends is like secondary, peripheral business. It's like, hey, once we get all the business done, then we'll spend some time making friends. Uh, I'm going to suggest you, you might have it backwards. You might have it backwards. Maybe making friends is not secondary business. Maybe it's the primary business. Maybe you can put everything about what Jesus said about making disciples, which is Jesus' mandates and mission for the whole church. Think about every element of making disciples. It requires friendships to make disciples you have to identify to make disciples you have to trust to make disciples you have to equip or train to make disciples you need to delegate to make disciples you have to empathize you have to demonstrate practical service how do you think it's best to make disciples a formal program books classroom seminars i happen to think It works best when you make friends. Lest you think, oh, you're just coming up with your own agenda because you like making friends, and maybe that's one of your fortes. Uh, Jesus turns around to his own disciples towards the end of his life and the end of his ministry, and he says, I no longer call you servants or disciples, but now I call you friends. Seemingly, In Jesus' own estimation or goal in life, let me ask Jesus, what did you come down to do? The climactic term or identification he used for his group of disciples is I can't believe I get to call you friends and you're friends of mine. All right, so let's make friends. Let's make friends. Maybe that's the best marketing. church can do i'll cut to the conclusion because i have no time i think most people will be most attracted to jesus when you become a better friend i think most people will be intrigued they'll be very interested in the jesus you worship on the sundays when they see in your life You're such a good friend. Let me go over some friendship fouls, okay? Some friendship penalties. These are the things you gotta avoid. These are natural things that get in the way of making friends. First is one dimensional, digital, okay, online. Not gonna expand too much on that. But thank God Jesus didn't become your friend remote. Jesus wants us to show up in person as much as we can love our neighbors. And we don't have to wear masks and vaccines have been given jesus offers us sacraments sacraments you know you can't do that in your bathtub at home he doesn't want one-dimensional i mean would you really marry a person that's just simply you met online i've got folks at our church they've been catfished it's real it actually happens oh you don't look anything like what you posted you got to meet in person. you got to smell them. You can't smell them online. Friendships don't happen one dimensionally. A second foul, all right? That could be good at making friends if it's just a one-way street. One-way street is, uh, hey, how come you respond to my text right away? How come you didn't respond to my email right away? You know, I have a timetable. I have an expectation on you, and you didn't meet them. You failed it. Goodbye. How come you didn't throw me that party? I thought I told you last year you're supposed to throw me a party. Oh, your gift, little subpar. You can do better. Because I remember how much I got you. One way, you know, I'm using some crude examples again here. But friendships don't really happen well when it's all about me. When it's all about me, friendships are a two way street. Friendship foul, one dimensional. Friendship foul, one way here's the third way real general i'm going real quick you're oblivious all right there's a lot of oblivion to you you are the smartest gal or dude ever when it came to physics but when it comes to friends ooh, gotta be some development here now please don't think i'm picking on certain personalities temperaments no 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 no, no. Some people try to peg Jesus, what personality type he was. I don't think he was an extrovert. We get into a lot of dangers there. But to be a follower, a friend of Jesus, I think, makes you a better friend-making friend. Okay? Oblivion. You could be oblivious about time. You usually pick the wrong time. Proverbs 27, verse 14 reads Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. Please don't do that at 5 a.m. Please don't sing at funerals, weep at funerals. Please don't weep at parties, party at parties. Wrong time. Another way we can be oblivious, wrong place, wrong place. Proverbs 25, verse 17. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. That's a great verse. (laughs) Don't overstay your stay. I'm happy to joke, I've got some friends like this. They won't leave. They just won't leave. Thank God for the pandemic. You can't come over anymore. Okay, I want some private space, please. I'm becoming more introverted. I want my quiet space in quiet times. You're at the wrong place. You don't respect boundaries, privacy, courtesy, confidentiality, confidentiality, that's a huge one, okay? A note on this, healthy people, healthy people all around, you have healthy boundaries, that are meant to allow for, you welcome, and you accept and keep what
1: is good. And you filter and keep out what is bad. Sounds simple, right? I wonder how many of you can do that in your friendships? Unhealthy people, if you have been abused, if you've always felt abandoned or betrayed, you have been violated.
0: You tend to actually allow what is toxic
1: and evil, and then you get suspicious and keep out the good. I know a lot of folks at our church, social, relational stuff is possibly more important than
0: anything else in life now. And they ask me, pastor, relationships are so stressful. They're so hard. And I said, welcome to the club, yes. I'm not saying it's not without risk. They say, how do I handle so-and-so who I feel I'm on the receiving end of just so much drainage and damage? Like, I just feel always like I'm wiped out. maybe one suggestion might be, you have to have healthy boundaries, about the wrong place or time, and you put up healthy boundaries, because you cannot, you are not responsible for that other person's tendencies or toxicities. You cannot control or manage that, per se. Only
1: Jesus can. But you sure are can be responsible for how much exposure, how much allowance, how much
0: time and place you give to that person, Who you know consistently brings about so much, I would say, pain. Wrong time, wrong place. There's nothing wrong with healthy people drawing healthy boundaries to have the right times and the right place. Last thing about oblivion, wrong words, wrong words. I get into trouble with this. I'm constantly learning. Wrong words, real quick. You can be cynical, way too cynical always cynical, right, Too critical, you can be careless, you can be very careless with your words. My wife publicly said at church, you know, my husband is so attractive, he's so awesome, until sometimes he opens his mouth. Careless, critical, cynical. Another way that you can be wrong with your words, you're just a compulsive half-truth spinner, liar proverbs 25 verse 18 says a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow you can't trust that person because that person doesn't tell you the truth or that person doesn't show up or that
1: person always crosses boundaries do you know how practical the proverbs are do you know how real life the proverbs are it's amazing We should read it and apply it.
0: Wrong words, wrong place, wrong time. Now, these are just some biblical diagnoses of what I would call foul friends, foul friends. Which one do you resemble most? If you don't know, ask your spouse. If you don't know, ask your kid, I dare you. If you don't know, ask your friend, which one do you think you fall into most?
1: One little shout-out for all of us here. If you are sitting there and say, I don't resemble any of those, you might be the most toxic kind. (laughs) I don't struggle with any of those. I'm like, perfect. Then you might be the most foul kind. Now, church people tend to be known is having just enough spirituality and religion to bash you. Church people are traditionally, classically, normally known
0: that if you go to church, sorry, the first stereotype that comes up is not, you must be the most loving, friendly person out there. Tends to be you have
1: just enough religion to always show in someone else what they did wrong. But when Jesus comes along, when Jesus comes along into your life, do you know that most
0: Christian people spend the rest of their life not so much paying attention to what other people do so wrong? But when Jesus comes along, you got enough to work on just about all the stuff I do wrong. Those are foul friends. Foul friends. All right, let's move on. Now a friend for failing friends or foul friends.
1: Notice when Jesus uses the term friends, who did he pick? Who did he pick? Usually people who had no friends. Usually people who aren't really good. Tax collectors, cheaters, traffickers. hmm? The notorious
0: sinners of their day. The real-life problem is, whether you are spiritual or not, is every friend or lover will fail you. You might be a person, I live for love. Is not the greatest gift of all. It sure is. But did you know that all loves are imperfect?
1: All loves are corrupt, and all loves will be lost. What do you do then? Every friend and lover will be
0: lost. That's a guarantee, right? Here's a really happy thought as we leave this retreat. It's tragic if you live a short life. I mourn that. It's also really tragic if
1: you live the longest life. because you say everybody? You have to say goodbye to everybody in this room. for that kind of loss and disappointment what do we do there is a friend there is a love that sticks closer
0: and will never disappoint do you have him do you know who he is jesus calls the most despicable unworthy dysfunctional people his friends and if you actually feel deep down I am just not that type. I'm not a friendly type. I don't know how to keep or make friends. This has always been such a foreign, awkward thing for
1: me. Can I give you encouragement today? You're perfectly fit for Jesus to befriend.
0: You are prime candidate number one for Jesus to come along and befriend. Romans 5, verse 6. Through eight, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, sinners, enemies, animosity, we were the most unfriendly people to God. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were sinning. You see that? Not after you reformed and repented. While you were yet sinning, Christ died for us. Jesus picks the most ill-suited, not well-suited, not the type. He does not pick the friend-making type, and he becomes your friend. That's a friend for failing friends. Charles Spurgeon once famously observed, you did not even promise that you would love him, for you had such a faithless heart. You asked him to make you love him,
1: that was the most you could do. You cannot promise you'll be a faithful friend and love Jesus the way
0: he loves you, can you? Oh, you can pray every day for the rest of your life. Make me, change me to love you the way you have loved me. All right. So features of faithful friends then. Once Jesus befriends... And he walks with you and you walk with him and you talk with him and he talks to you and he loves on you and you actually palpably experience that and it percolates into your hearts. This is not just head information, but it moves your hearts and it actually percolates into all attitudes, recesses of your soul, your imagination. You get dreams about this. It actually begins to affect you at the most profound places. It changes you inside out. How could it not? Hmm? How? How could Jesus being a friend to you not change how you turn around and become a better friend? Here's some marks of becoming a better friend or a faithful friend. First, a faithful, better friend stays. You stick. You stick. One of the first times in the Hebrew friendship is used is Genesis chapter 30, verse 12 where you stay with someone in a season of grief. A faithful, better friend stays when everyone leaves. Online audience, nothing more fickle. There are studies now that people are giving less and less credibility, which is good, it's about time for any kind of extended intelligent discussion online. All the polarizing, over-the-top comments, now people are dismissing that more and more good because you know it's just so egregious, it's insane. But all people may leave, a faithful friend stays. Proverbs 17, verse 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Fake friends flake. Halfway friends stay halfway. Faithful friends
1: get better. They're stickier. They stay with you, even when you might get worse. Jonathan swore a covenant of absolute
0: loyalty to King David before he was king. (laughs) He swore their own offspring to each other. A faithful friend sticks and stays, another feature. A faithful better friend forgives. Forgives, okay. You cannot bypass this part, all right? If you say, I want a lifelong, happy, fulfilling, awesome relationship, but I hope that person really never hurts me, never really breaks my heart, I would suggest to you, um, I don't know what world you live in, you've never then really had a close friend. That's what I would say, you've never had a close friend. Every one of my best closest friends have broken my heart not purposefully, hopefully, not repeatedly, and I have theirs. And to forgive someone is exactly where in the friendship that Jesus makes with you, the way that he forgives you time and time and time and time and time again recreates a group of people that go around into the world and you are most resilient. I'm not saying you're just a doormat to be abused, but most resilient in forgiveness. Proverbs 24, verses 20 and 29. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. Friends don't seek vengeance. They're able to overlook faults and quick to resolve and forgive when necessary. Proverbs 17, verse 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he repeats a matter separates close friends. Forgiveness never means you should feel better right away. Forgiveness, however, does mean is that you eat and swallow and absorb and feel the cost, the pain of not enacting vengeance against that person. Forgiveness may be a repeated act where your feelings start to catch up depending on the size of the harm done to you, depending on the debt you feel of that other person, what he or she owes you because of the harm that they caused you. Yes, depending on the size of that debt, it may take a long time for you to feel better about that person. However, forgiveness is not about you feel better about the person right away. Forgiveness is about you will not make that person pay you
1: back. By withdrawal, by demonizing gossip and slander to other people, by
0: bringing up that issue again and again and again. Forgiveness is a supernatural act which makes you utmost
1: otherworldly, countercultural. It's supernatural. Because this is what it cost
0: Jesus to befriend someone like me. He does not hold it against me.
1: He absorbed all the cost so that he might befriend and love me. Only in forgiveness will you
0: stop the cycle of you actually becoming much
1: like the person who hurt you cycles of war. I spent a year in Croatia
0: right after my THM right after Croatia and Bosnia and Serbia was absolutely just ravaged torn apart. And it was one of the most depressing years I've ever spent followed my missions professor out there. And the stories are same
1: everywhere you go, Japan, Korea, Croatia, Ukraine, Russia, It's all in history. If you have no
0: history, there's no war. And the history just goes, you did this to my grandparents. You did this to my aunt. I'm going to kill you. And when that never stops, ironically, here's what happened. The person who deprived and harmed and hurt you so much, when you don't forgive that person, you get twisted and morphed into the image of the very person who caused you that kind of evil. The evil passes into you. Miroslav Wolf, classic book on that, exclusion and embrace. Forgiveness is the only freedom, the only way out where harm and sin done unto you doesn't pass into you and twist you so that you become much like the one who harmed you. Faithful friends, stick. Faithful friends, forgive. Last one real quick. I'll put it this way. A faithful friend feels what you feel. A faithful friend feels what you feel. Oh, Pastor Francis, who is this guy? He's always just a touchy-feely. Is this guy even Presbyterian? Is he reformed. You better check him out again later. This is therapeutic talk, isn't it? Feel what you feel. What the heck are you talking about? Feel what I... Now, do you know this um, unbelievable verse in James chapter 2, verse 23, and Abraham became a friend of God? Go read that. What do you think that means? Is there a higher compliment when God says, you're my friend? <laughs> like, that's a great eulogy in your tombstone. Abraham, he became a friend of God. How dare God say? How can you be a friend of God? I have another suggestion here. Abraham was one of the few people who was asked by God to slay his own son. God asked him, why don't you take the one son that was promised, but you waited too long, Isaac, and I want you to march him up to Mount Moriah, and I want you, without questions or doubts, in my goodness, in my character, in my purposes, I want you to sacrifice Isaac to me. And in Genesis chapter 2, Abraham was on his way to do it. Took him all the way to the mountaintop, had the knife in midair, and was about to plunge it into the chest of the promised child, Isaac. Do you think Abraham might have become a friend of God? Because Abraham began to taste and feel what God the Father would feel. That Abraham, in that climactic, crazy moment that his heart could share in the loss of a father over an only son. I'm going to get into Brené Brown here and the difference of empathy and sympathy, but yes, go look it up on YouTube. Very helpful about becoming better friends. But let me press this a little further. Feel what you feel. Feel what you feel. That's part of my Christian life. For we have a great high priest who sympathizes with all of our weaknesses, who is tempted as we are. He's been where you've been. He's gone to wherever you can go. And you don't think he feels what you feel? You don't think as a priest or a counselor or a friend, Jesus feels what you feel? That's actually why I love Jesus more. He's more precious and palpable to me because he feels what I feel. That's a faithful friend. Practical remarks, practical remarks. Spend intentional time making friends. Friends do not happen overnight. One of the best what you call evangelism strategies it's never changed over time. I don't care how many generations of culture, or city or suburb, it doesn't matter hospitality hospitality you invite them into your home and you share a meal and you spend that time breaking bread and eating together non-believing neighbor friend you spend some hospitality usually one of the most warmest safest greatest ways one of my greatest gifts my wife is her she outpaces me on this hospitality throwing parties i get tired i'm like please stop they won't leave i've told her they just won't leave but this is one of the greatest ways. It's attractional. This is what people got to rub up against real close. Before they check out your doctrine and what you believe, they have to feel like they belong. Before people behave, they have to be befriended. Before people change, they have to be loved. Isn't that you and me? Intentional time, intentional time. Let me just say to some of the little bit younger folks in this room, man, you're so lucky spend wise intentional time pick a good one i'm stuck with mine now i'm too old now i can't make new friends just stuck with this group of people we always just basically bag on each other in front of each other's face like if i was 20 years old again i wouldn't be your friend yeah same thing here i would pick other friends too but now i can't make new friends intentional time intentional time second practical remark value friendships above all things can I say that? Value friendship above all things? My youngest daughter's leaving for college next year. Empty nesting. Sonny and I we're forced to be friends now. We got no more distractions or excuses. Sunny What do we talk about now? Wow. I remember early on in our marriage. You know, before we got married, actually, we were dating. We could talk five hours, five hours every night till 5 a.m. Felt like five minutes, right? Now she doesn't want to talk to me for five minutes. It's hard. That's one of the roads now. Sonny and I, you're, you and I are married, but do you know that our marriage is going to dissolve? Hopefully in the kingdom of heaven, we are going to be the best of friends. You're still going to like me somehow. Value friendships above all. I suppose this is a letter from C.S. Lewis to Arthur Greaves, quote, Friendship is the greatest of worldly goods. Certainly to me it is the happiness of life. If I had to give a piece of advice to a young man about a place to live, I think I should say sacrifice almost everything to live where you can be near to your friends. I know I'm very fortunate in that respect. Next to Jesus, the greatest riches in all of my life is not anything about ministry or this achievement or anything like that. It's it's my friends. It's my family and friends. Nothing comes close. And I do feel like the richest, happiest man alive when I look and think about the fortunate gifts God has given. Last practical remark we're done. The most faithful friend you have or you can make or you can become is the one you love and trust most in your most desperate hour right?
1: By definition.
0: I don't need the Bible to define that. The most faithful friend you want or can become is the one you turn to. It's the one you turn. It's the one you call. It's the one you say, can you come over right now? I know it's 3
1: a.m., but I'm desperate here. You need to come. Final illustration.
0: Apostle Paul, we're probably never got married, never had kids. Jesus Christ, never got married, never had kids. Counterculture that the Bible says, it's better to never get married and ever have kids. And when Jesus was dying upon the cross, his mother Mary was sitting there at the foot of the cross. What does that feel like as a mom to watch your son hung up for public humiliation and torture? In his most desperate hour, out of a son's
1: affection and care for his earthly mom, who does he turn to? To Apostle John, the author of the Gospel of John. And it is recorded. He says to his mom, John will take care of you. And then to John, Basically, Jesus said, I want you to take care of my mom. I want you to take care of my mom. That right there captures everything you need to know about friendship. You have someone like that. I know someone like that that could be like that for you. Jesus, a friend for the friendless, the most faithful friend
0: for the faithless, perfect, forgiving, sticks all the way
1: through, feels what you feel, but loves you still. Loves you still. You heard about that author, his name escapes
0: me, New York Times. I know it could be sanctimonious at times, but he's differentiating eulogy virtues you know versus all your other virtues but yeah you know, it's so true right yeah, at your funeral <laughs> your funeral um how much money you made is not going to stand up and say anything about you
1: your company title position is not going to stand up and say anything about you my ministry size or success is not going to say anything about me My accolades, your recognitions, those things can't speak
0: up and say anything about you. What will stand up and speak about you are people you might have befriended, you loved on, and they love you back. Oh, but here's the gospel.
1: There is someone who's going to stand up and speak about you. Can you believe it? The Son of God, he's going to stand and speak glowingly with absolute perfect love on your behalf.
0: I think my non-believing family and friends and neighbors
1: will want to know this Jesus when I become a better friend. Let's pray. Father in heaven,
0: thank you for this church. Thank you for all of her gifts, faith, hope, and love. Thank you for the commitments, the sacrifices. Thank you for the hunger, for your word and worship and the love that is so evident they have for you and for one another. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to pour out now more of your holy love that changes lives. Make us, O Lord, more like you. Make us more like Jesus, a little more like Jesus, a better friend.
1: Hear us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.